0: You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls.
1: The House of
0: Cards.
1: Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player, Ashley Adams.
0: Okay, you have some skill.
2: Hello, listeners. You are listening to House of Cards. Welcome. I'm Ashley Adams, your host for the hour. We have a great show. Our first guest is Bob Woolley. Bob is known most as the Poker Grump. He has a great blog that I've been reading for many years, and we're going to talk to him about how he got into the poker world, made his living as a poker player, and also about some tournament rule changes that the TDA has recently announced. And then, for something completely different, we're going to have Tracy Peel, who is the producer and director of of the Casino Entertainment Awards that were presented at the Global Gaming Expo. And she's going to talk to us about the many award recipients, some of whom you have heard of, some of whom you have not heard of, and uh, what it all means for the entertainment world. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Want some more excitement in your life? Sign up at Tropicana with promo code RADIO, and you'll get up to one hundred dollars real cash back, plus for a limited time, ten dollars in free bonus money to play with. Enjoy slot and casino games like Wheel of Fortune, Cleopatra, Monopoly, Blackjack, and much more. Play on desktop or mobile device with our iOS and Android apps. Must be one one or over and located in New Jersey, new pictures only, ten dollar minimum deposit and a wager required to qualify for one hundred dollars real cash back. Bonus money must be played through one time before withdrawal. Rules and date supply. Gambling problem 1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1
1: Gambler. The key to winning poker is knowledge, and winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments, whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know, it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get Winning, No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. We at House of Cards want to wish you the happiest of holidays. And in celebration of the holiday season, we would like to present that beautiful holiday favorite, Silent Night, sung by that wonderful soprano,
3: Chewbacca. God bless Everyone. You mean
0: everyone. Everyone!
1: You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Check out their website, JerseyManMagazine.com, for more information and some really cool JerseyMan merchandise. JerseyMan's available at most major newsstands and you can even subscribe online. That's JerseyManMagazine.com. JerseyMan Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. You're listening to the House of Cards. Brunson, Gus Hansen, Sidell. ain't nothing special. I watch them on TV back in my house, and it's just so freaking obvious to me that they're bluffing. I know,
0: man. I can always tell what they've got. Oh, sure. It's obvious when ESPN is showing you their whole cards. There's no whole card cam here. You want to know what I'm holding, you're going to have to read my face.
2: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards, and we are fortunate to have as a guest a guy whose blog I have been reading for years and years, but whom I've never met, and I just know him by his name on the site, on the blog, Poker Grump, but now we know him as Bob Woolley. Bob, are you there? I'm here. Well, I don't know what your readership is. I imagine it's fairly large. Do you know how many people read your blog?
3: No, uh, I, I can I can get to Google to tell me how many page hits it gets, but that's not necessarily a, a very good count. Uh, but it's it's declined a lot in the last two years since I left Las Vegas and uh, and playing a lot less poker, and so I write a lot less on the blog than I used to.
2: All right. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about you, your background, how you got to poker, what you did in the poker world, and how you started and what your blog was about.
3: Well, I professionally was trained as a physician and practiced for about 10 years and then had a uh, midlife career, family, marriage, general crisis and uh, uh, decided to start life all over again and moved out to Las Vegas and, uh, spent about six years there playing lots and lots of poker, which was fun and probably what I needed at the time, but, uh, uh, ultimately not a great career move for me. (laughs) Well, I'm just curious
2: when you were a physician, were you an avid poker player or did you just decide to start this as a career knowing nothing about poker before?
3: No, I had played some, but I was living in Minnesota, and the uh, pretty limited, uh, limited options. But around the time that the World Poker Tour started broadcasting, it caught my interest like it did so many other people, and uh, I started watching and thinking, "This doesn't look so hard." Uh, so I would dabble online, and then go to the the, the Canterbury Park had a poker room in Minnesota. I so know I it. Go there play. it. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I'd go across the border to Wisconsin and play in the uh, one of the Indian casinos there, and was successful enough that uh, that I entertained the possibility that I could that I could make a living at it, and uh, I was going to be moving somewhere anyway because I got divorced and my wife was keeping the house, so I thought, well, might as well move to Las Vegas. <laughs>
2: How did you get into being a professional as opposed to doing something else and then playing poker as a hobby? What was that like?
3: Well, that was, that was originally the plan. Is uh, I took one of these two-week courses on how to be a poker dealer and figured I could transition. I could be a poker dealer while I worked my way into uh, playing more and more and then eventually move over to have my income being from just playing. But, uh, after going to dealer school, I put in applications of all the casinos and just heard crickets chirping uh, nobody was Nobody was interested in hiring me as a as a dealer, so I was twiddling my thumbs just playing poker while I was waiting for uh, the poker dealer jobs to come in. They never did, but I was making enough to live on playing poker, so I kind of discovered accidentally that i didn 't need the transition that I thought I did
2: well. This is actually something that's very interesting. I mean, I want to get more into your blog, but I'm very interested in how you could make a living as a poker player, what stakes you played, what uh, games you played, and when you started to realize and how you realized that you were actually playing profitably enough to do it for a living.
3: Uh, I, I played almost exclusively 1-2 No Limit Hold'em which is available in, in, in essentially every poker room in, in Vegas uh, 24-7. Uh, I, I found that the tourists that I was playing against mostly just are not very difficult to, to beat. Uh, so that first few months that I was playing, uh, uh, I realized I'm making enough to keep the, keep the bills paid So I kind of gradually gave up on the poker dealer idea.
2: Keep going. This is good.
3: Uh, And that's when I realized I because there's no poker around here or almost no poker around here, uh, I needed to uh, go back to my roots and uh, do something in the world of medicine. So my work now is not seeing patients, not clinical work, but it's kind of medical detective work. I... uh, I work on investigating the medical aspects of personal injury lawsuits and claims. Mostly mostly working for uh, defense teams.
2: Um, Tell us where you played and how you played.
3: Well, if I had had to choose just one of the Vegas poker rooms to spend all my time in, it would have been the Venetian uh, for a combination of being easy to get to, always having... Uh, good games going, and the hourly rate that I made there, plus being a reasonably comfortable uh, place to be.
2: Listeners, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more House of Cards. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grindr Gadget.
1: You're listening to the House of Cards. Whoa! I think we got a show. Oh, yeah, we got a show. We definitely got a show. Oh, yeah, there's a show. Hey, it's all about ratings, baby, and we got them. <laughs>
2: Welcome back listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, We're talking to Bob Woolley, by the way, who is the author of Poker Grump. Were there any books that you found particularly helpful or any other learning devices that you use to improve your game other than your own brain?
3: My favorite two poker authors, one is uh, Mike Caro for a good old school uh, style of instruction and particularly his a book he wrote maybe five years ago called Caro's Most Profitable Hold'em Advice. And then so my favorite poker book of all time is Tommy Angelo, uh, a book called Elements of Poker.
2: Wow, I know that book very well, and it's a high-level book.
3: Uh, it's it's sort of a love it or hate it. Some people don't just don't get it, but the way he writes really resonates with me. Uh, his, his choice of words and careful phrasing, and and puns and plays on words, uh, really stick with me, and they 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 come to me. They come back to me from memory, and uh, in the moments when I need, I have a decision to make and need to to uh, know what to do.
2: Do you find that uh, the games that you can occasionally play out at the Cherokee Reservation, Harris' place out there? are tougher or easier than the regular games you played in at the Venetian when you stopped playing in Las Vegas?
3: I think they're pretty comparable. Uh, I don't I don't find much difference. I think there's more variation day-to-day uh, just based on what mix of players you get in than there is from one casino to another.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true in a lot of places. People say, uh, are the games softer on the East Coast? And I think there are softer games on the East Coast and tougher games on the East Coast, depending upon which game you're in at which time of day and which casino. I agree. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Uh, If you're you're at a place that has more than one table going, uh, table selection may be the most important decision you make in the whole session.
2: I agree. Uh, Listeners, again, we're talking to Bob Woolley, who is a poker writer and player who has actually kind of left that life Uh, intermittent life, mostly behind him. He now works as a consultant on medical aspects of personal injury lawsuits. Do you find any lessons from the poker world to assist you in living your life as you live it now? Do you find any things that you can draw on uh, as you have a different profession?
3: Uh, Boy, that's a question I hadn't explicitly thought about. There are some sorts of things that come up. For example, especially in being able to evaluate probabilities, uh, when I was thinking for a while about getting LASIK surgery for, so maybe I could throw away my glasses, I looked at the complication rate, and you know, maybe 1% of people have some sort of complication. I, I don't want any complications with my eyes. Uh, it's easy to look at 1% and say, well, that's so small, I don't need to worry about it. But then you think, well, how often have you seen a one-outer occur at a poker table? <laughs> it's not—it's not a rare event. I mean, it's it's uncommon, but it's not so rare that you're really surprised when it happens. And I decided for something where the consequences are that important, that apparently small number is big enough that it deters me. And that's probably a perspective that I wouldn't have had without having played poker and and had to think about probability so intensely and so frequently
2: yeah i find i do the same thing in fact i'm a union negotiator by uh, day job profession and i find i often put um predictions about things when people say well what are my chances of winning this grievance i often put things in terms of well i think you're a 60 40 favorite or a 10 to 1 underdog or whatever um before we close you're still writing for poker news And I know that recently you wrote about some of the TDA, Tournament Director Association, changes to uh, tournament rules. Can you get into some of those changes that you think maybe are of most interest to a a fairly serious amateur player that typically listens to this show?
3: Sure. Uh, The TDA came out with their most recent rule book uh, over the end of August. And I went through and found, I think uh, 17 or 18 rules that, that if one is going to be a serious tournament player where they're, where they're using the TDA rules, that you should probably know about. Uh, many of them are just finally codifying things that had been general practice before, so you could get away without knowing them. Uh, in the previous rule book, probably the most controversial one, is that they changed last card off the deck to first card off the deck. That is, you have to be in your seat when the first card is dealt to the first player, or your hand is dead. Right. Previously, previously it had always been you just have to be there when the last player gets the last card. Right,
2: right. Uh,
3: and players hated that because it deprived them of, you know, ten more seconds of being, being away from the table for, for their cigarette break or whatever. Uh, and so they changed that back to last card off the deck. As long as you're at your seat, by the time the last card comes off, you'll be fine the way it had been uh, prior to... uh, They did away with
2: prohibition. They reverted back to the way it was before the rule change.
3: Yeah, it it was kind of like prohibition uh, coming and and going. Right. There's Um, a couple of changes in in, uh, calling for the clock. Uh, First... uh, an interesting change is that you can call for a clock on a player that's at another table, which you had never been able to do before.
2: Huh. Is that to prevent people from trying to slow the game so that other people are knocked out before they are?
3: I assume that's the reason, that when there's two tables, uh, you may have one table that sort of non conspires to play very slowly, and they're hoping that players at the other table will go fast and knock each other out so that they can make the money or make the final table. Right. So if you're at one of the tables that's going fast and you see that everybody is stalling at the other table, you can call for a clock on, on the stallers at the other table.
2: Yeah, but that would be because, a mistake because when you call for the clock, in many ways, it slows the game because they got to get somebody over. they got to ask the dealer, was it really a delay? And the dealer says yes, and they said, all right, now, right? And meanwhile, they're not playing.
3: Yeah, that's true. Although when it's down to if it's down to two or three tables, the tournament director is probably standing right there, and there won't be as much of a delay. Plus, there's another change, and that is that uh, the tournament director can now use less than a 60-second countdown.
2: Ah.
3: Uh, when if if somebody is being a persistent staller, right? Like you say, you can still effectively stall even if somebody calls the clock on you every hand because. Taking,
2: you got a minute. Right. Taking,
3: a, taking a full minute is more than most people do on an average hand. So it, uh, calling the clock, even if you call the clock on somebody every hand because you know they're deliberately stalling, they're still stalling. So to prevent that, the tournament director now has the power to use less than 30 seconds right. uh, as a countdown for somebody who is, who is repeatedly abusing the, the the ability to stall
2: well those those three rules i think are of great interest to our listeners i appreciate we have to cut this off poker grump this has been a great pleasure for me and i appreciate you coming on
3: thank you and uh just one more word i loved your story about mandalay bay where they wouldn't (laughs) let you read the poker rule book
2: (laughs) yes well uh, you know we'll have to have you back on we'll talk about some of your articles about stuff that i have done in the poker world and we'll have a good time listeners that was bob woolley also known as the Poker Grump, a very good poker writer. Interesting interview. I think we will get him back on. But in the meantime, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: Are you or a
2: loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Health insurance is
1: not required. Call 855-912-7246. Want some more excitement in your life? Sign up at virgincasino.com with promo code virgin, and you'll get up to $100 real cash back, plus for a limited time, $10 in free bonus money to play with. Enjoy slot and casino games like Wheel of Fortune, Cleopatra, Monopoly, Blackjack, and much more. Play on desktop or mobile device with our iOS and Android apps. Must be 21 and over and located in New Jersey. New patrons only. $10 minimum deposit and a required to qualify for $100 real cash back. Bonus money must be played through one time before withdrawal. Rules and dates apply. Hamming problem? Call one 800 Hi, listeners, this is Ashley Adams. I just
2: wanted to let you know about a newspaper in the New England area. If you're looking for poker tournaments or the latest promotions at Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, Twin River, or if you want to find out what's happening in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, or other casinos around the country, then I recommend you check out New England Gaming News for all the latest news, events, and hot casino action from around the region. You can do that in one of two ways. You can either pick up their free copies at gambling venues throughout New England, or you can visit them at www.thenegn.com and sign up for exclusive specials and promotions. That's www.thenegn.com. The New England Gaming News, New England's only resource For complete casino and poker news. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg. But did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs. And we close fast. Call today for your no-obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. So what are you waiting for? Call
0: Homebusters today. 866-I-WANT-UGG. 866-I-WANT-UGG. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. Oh. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese! Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and
1: the Ad Council. Hey, this is Dave Weishuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of December 21st, 2015. Federal and local agents raided two California card rooms last week in connection with an alleged illegal gambling operation. Authorities seized more than $600,000 from the 7 Mile Casino in Chula Vista and the Palomar Card Room in San Diego. According to Authorities, the gambling operation illegally ran card games in Southern California homes, took bets from Mexico to Canada, and laundered money through Las Vegas casinos as well as card rooms located in San Diego County. Some good news for New Jersey. In the month of November, internet gambling revenues jumped 51%. During that month, the Atlantic City brick-and-mortar casinos' revenue decreased 1.4%, but due to the internet gambling, total revenues are up from this time last year. In all, five of the eight AC casinos have higher revenues from a year ago. And finally, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred has denied Pete Rose's request to lift his ban from baseball and become eligible for the Hall of Fame. Rose was banned for allegedly betting on baseball while as a player and as a manager. Surprisingly, Rose admitted in a press conference he currently bets legally on sports in Las Vegas. From all of us at House of Cards, we want to wish you a very happy holiday season. And reminding you, if you have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation, send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And Winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments, whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win. Winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know, it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get Winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams.
2: All right, this is my show, and it's a serious intellectual hour of discussion, and I want to keep it that way. All right, in three, two, one. Magic Hour. Listeners, welcome back to House of Cards. This is Ashley Adams, your host. And uh, you know, those of you that listen to this show know that we like to have guests from all aspects of the gambling world. Uh, we have with us Tracy Peel, who is the producer and director of the Casino Entertainment Awards, the third annual Casino Entertainment Awards that were presented at the recent Global Gaming Expo. Tracy, are you there?
4: Yes, I am. And good evening, Ashley. Nice to be be with you.
2: Well, nice <laughs> to be with you. I appreciate you joining us. And tell us what the Global Gaming Expo is and how the annual Casino Entertainment Awards relate to the Glo- Global Gaming Expo.
4: The Global Gaming Expo is basically the industry trade show uh, for the casino industry. So G2, they like to call it G2E. Uh, G2E is all things gaming. Uh, So there's about 26,000 people in attendance each year. Uh, The uh, G2E takes place uh, in Las Vegas at the Sands uh, uh, Convention Center uh, next to the Venetian. And uh, there's exhibitors, you know, from... IGT, Aristocrat, uh, anything that has anything to do with the tables, with uh, with you know the brand new slots, their new offerings, um, compliance, security, technology, anything to do with running a casino, is all found uh, through various vendors, uh, you know, exhibiting at the trade show.
2: Okay, so I and, get that. And how mm-hmm. does okay. how does the Casino Entertainment Awards relate to A gaming expo? Is it something that you just said, hey, you know, we should give out awards to entertainers? Is it something that used to be done in some other venue? How did it all come together?
4: Let me try to give you a peanut version. (laughs) Um, As you well know, you know, the casino industry kind of went through a bit of a recession when the big recession hit in 08, 09, 10. And, you know, a lot of people didn't have disposable income. So um, at least a lot of the casinos in Las Vegas really started gearing their offerings for non-gaining revenue. In other words, you know, you started noticing uh, chefs, uh, dining, retail, uh, entertainment. They focused more on the non-gaining revenue, and um, they've been really talking about that for the last... Five, five to seven years. Now, in outlying casinos that have cropped up in Pennsylvania, everywhere, all in every state, many, many, you know, destinations are becoming resort destinations with lots of other amenities uh, that they can offer people, especially people who bring, you know, non-gamers. Uh, so there's spas for the wife while somebody's playing in a poker tournament, and there's entertainment, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we have uh, it's called it's the integrated resort experience, and this is a section of G2E that has been that has been created to literally focus on retail, dining, and entertainment. So we have um, entertainers, uh, acts that that want to perform in casinos. They they are exhibiting so that the buyers that come from the casinos can see them and talk to them and touch and feel and that kind of thing. So we've been, uh, the entertainment part of G2E has been going on at least 10 years. So how did you
2: come uh, up with the idea of uh, of awards?
4: Um, I have a partner in crime, so to speak. He, I, I call him the executive producer. His name is Clinton Billups. Clinton Ford Phillips. he is basically the pavilion, uh, the entertainment pavilion manager. In other words, he oversees the entertainment part of the trade show. And, you know, I have in the past had some concerns about just the trade show really working for the entertainment part of it. And... Um, you know, I just uh, he he was wanting me to kind of take over uh, selling some of the booths, and it just wasn't a passion of mine. My my whole entire background is is entertainment. I was a performer for 25 years, and I've produced shows and booked entertainment. I've have a, a vast background in the entertainment business, and I just uh, you know I don't know. So there was a discussion about awards. They have other awards at G2E. They have architectural awards. They have marketing awards. They have all kinds of industry awards that they give out. Yeah, well, you have some
2: big names. I mean, I'm afraid that I might be guilty of burying the lead here. The lead, for most listeners, is probably some of the people that won the awards. Why don't you tell us about some of the bigger names that won uh, awards?
4: The the Casino Entertainment Awards, and they're presented by G2E, uh, they're the premier industry awards and, and what's unique about it is we honor outstanding artists, executives and venues in the casino entertainment industry. So in other words, you know, I'm not gonna give you a huge list of performers because we are also honoring the casino arenas and showrooms themselves and executives and booking agents. Right people who never that. never get honored that you know or any recognition recognition so just to kind of give you um i'll give you that some of the name artists and performers that we've honored in the last three years um we're looking at i think three years ago uh casino entertainer of the year has been motley crew it's and this is quite a variety <laughs> Uh, Motley Crue, Jeff Dunham, and this year was Penn and Teller. Uh-huh. Uh, in the musical musical category, we had Rick Springfield, Boys to Men, and this year was Little River Band. <laughs> I uh, didn't know they were even still
2: the- around, the Little River Band.
4: Believe it or not, I know your listeners are saying they're saying the same thing, but there are numerous artists out there that are performing at casinos worldwide.
2: I go to a lot of casinos, uh, hundreds and hundreds. And I notice that in a lot of those casinos, there are names of artists who I thought died. But thank God for the casino venues, because they serve as a kind of a, a second, third, and fourth tier for those that are no longer on the main stage. Of course, there are still main stage uh, entertainers. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld still appears, and so do a lot of very big names. But thank God. I mean, Fat Domino was uh, Absolutely. A, a, a chubby checkers uh I mean, people. Little Richard. Ink spots. Ink the ink spot. spots. Well, of course, the original ink spots. They they must be uh, the replicated ink spots because I think all of the original uh-huh. members are dead. Uh, but yeah, right, I
4: think there might be one. All uh-huh. the, maybe
2: there is. Maybe there's still an ink spot remaining. But thank God. I mean, the artists, people that are singers and dancers, must love the fact that there's been a proliferation of casinos because it gives them a place to go.
4: Uh, we had Robin Robin Leach. Uh, lifestyles of the right, rich and famous right. mr robin leach she's still alive uh, he, he writes a, oh absolutely he's he's uh doing well in las vegas he writes for the las vegas sun or review journal he's he's a columnist and he has been with us all three years as a presenter a distinguished presenter he made the mistake of of wondering uh why we had honored certain people and i said robin this these awards are nationwide we are not talking about just the big Las Vegas entertainers. We are talking about, you know, we honor people who are touring all over the country More. or, you know, it's not just the ones that have a residency in Las Vegas. Um, and then we have, um, you know, amphitheaters and Mohegan um, Sun um, kind of up in your area uh, in Connecticut has won uh, the amphitheater of the year uh, three years ago, the Coliseum at Caesars Palace won last year, and then uh, the AVA amphitheater uh, Casino del Sol down in Arizona won this year. Um, That's down in Tucson.
2: I've been there. That's quite an amphitheater.
4: Oh gosh, you were going to you were going to ask me that on the spot, and I
2: imagine you know the casino booking agent of the year. Our listeners are waiting with bated breath to hear who actually won the casino booking agent of the year award this year.
4: <laughs> well, his name was <laughs> Seth Stones from a United Talent Artist, and a lovely lady named Carrie Siegel um, won the Independent Casino Talent Buyer of the Year, and that's someone. And I'm sure somebody's saying, well, what is the difference? What is that all about? But the independent casino talent buyer is someone who basically, you know, goes out and and secures a, a casino. And basically, you know, the agency rights to booking all of their talent. Right.
2: I, I get that. Um, I'm just getting a signal from my producer that you should give your website. And then I have one final question for you.
4: Well, it is um, just simply casinoentertainmentawards.com.
2: CasinoEntertainmentAwards.com. dot com. and I want to know if for your final act or your next act, if you are going to start a independent casino talent buyer Hall of Fame.
4: We didn't get to some of the biggest award winners, but last year we honored Wayne Newton, one of the first times that he's received an uh, you know, a sanctioned, authentic casino entertainment award. We honored him with a Lifetime Legend Award. We also honored a gentleman named Richard Sturm who's the president of Sports and Entertainment, MGM, uh, with the same award. So it was an executive and an entertainer. And then, of course, our biggest award this year, uh, the same uh, award went to H.C. Rowe, who happens to be with AEG Live, and he uh, manages the Coliseum uh, in Las Vegas. But we also honored Jerry Lewis this year with a Lifetime Legend Award.
2: Did he show up to receive his award?
4: Yes, sir, he did. Wow. Wayne Newton uh, showed up last year. It was just electrifying. He's, he's electrifying. Believe it or not, he's, he's quite an individual. How he does really he look? Demands-
2: he's 90 years old, ah. isn't he?
4: Jerry Lewis will be 90. He has a birthday coming up. And he, you, you can go out there and Google uh, on YouTube. You can Google Casino Entertainment Awards 2015 Jerry Lewis. He was presented the award by Charo. And it's quite entertaining.
2: <laughs> well, she was I'm such a frequent, you, it's quite entertaining. She was a frequent guest on the telethon. I remember her as from my childhood coming on. Wow. Well, four is...
4: years I think they've known each other. Yeah. So it was a very, very, really exciting night. We had quite a, I kind of like to say, quite a cast of characters, and we also had Tommy Davidson, uh, if you re- remember him from In Living Color. He was our our MC, and we've been very fortunate. The the very first year we had Louis Anderson as our m c who was spectacular that 's an exciting evening at at the vinyl showroom in, in the hard rock in, in Las Vegas
2: well, Tracy, I really appreciate you coming on you 've opened up my eyes to something i didn 't know anything about and as is usually the case. there is always so much more going on in the world as you look closely at it than people know about and you 've expanded our vision and for that i 'm very grateful thank you for joining us
4: well, thank you for having me i 'm going to send you an invitation next year please and, do uh, I need some I need some hot tips on, on, on how to play poker.
2: Well, I've got two books out, and we can talk about that the next time. We'll do a trade. Sounds good. Fair enough. <laughs> good Thanks night. for joining us, Thanks. Tracy. That was Tracy Peel, who's the producer and director of the Casino Entertainment Awards. And uh, listeners, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back. Here's how: use offer code HOCRADIO. That's HOCRADIO when you check out at ProCaliber.com, or when ordering by phone at two four zero two five poker, two four zero two five poker. That's two four zero two five seven six five three seven. ProCaliber poker tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking
1: for. You're listening to the House of Cards.
0: Okay, play a fun word game with me. This will do it. What do you think of when you think of a hunting lodge? Hunt. Yes. What do you think of when you think of a rest home? Your rest. So, you see, we're going to associate the Desert in with something beautiful. You don't think of anything here now, do you? Gambling. That's Ah. why people come here. That's right. They gamble. They want to go to hunting lodges. they go to Wisconsin. They want to rest, they go to New Orleans. They want to gamble, they come to Vegas. That's what it's called. Gambling, Las Vegas gambling. You see signs around this town with guys with guns shooting ducks? It's a gambling
3: play. They don't shoot ducks, raccoons, beavers. They come to gamble. (laughs)
2: Welcome back, listeners. This is House of Cards, and I'm Ashley Adams. This is my favorite segment when I get to chat with my producer, Dave Weishattle, about uh, questions from listeners.
1: What do we have? Well, I just want to remind everyone if you have a question for us for our mailbag, you can email us at info at houseofcardsradio.com. You can tweet at us at HOC Radio, and you can leave a message for us on our hotline. What's Six that o- hotline number? That Dave. number is 609 474 HOCR. Once again, that's six zero nine four seven four four six two seven. You would think I'd have it memorized by now, but I don't. But nobody would know that if you hadn't told them. I know it's. Uh, well, we have it on our. Uh, do we have it on our website? There you go. Go to our website. There you go. So, what do we have this week? Well, we have a question from Scott, who listens to us on the internet in Saudi Arabia. What is your opinion of double or nothing poker tournaments? These are the kind of tourneys where the top half finished first and gets an equal prize and the bottom half finishes out of the money. I enjoy playing them on 888, but I am not able to get much of an advantage even at low stakes. The kind I play are eight-player Super Turbo with 500 and starting chips and rapidly rising anties. Are these tournaments beatable? If so, can you recommend a book?
2: Um, the answer is yes and no. Okay. Um, any tournament is beatable unless the rake structure is such that the prize pool is only a small fraction of uh the actual money involved. I have no idea how one would adjust one's strategy. I have never thought about it. I've never played it. In fact until just now
1: I've never heard of this kind of a tournament, this structure. But I I, I gotta s- be honest, I've never heard of it either. And okay. since he plays never on eight eighty eight, I wonder if it's primarily online kind of thing.
2: Well it must it's only online. Oh. I mean I've never heard of it in a live casino. Um, but interesting idea. I have heard of survivor tournaments where the top 10% all get a significant prize and everybody else doesn't so that you don't play it out. Once you hit the top 10%, basically you chop the prize pool uh, and there are variations on that, you know, like 4% or four people chop them, but I've never heard of a 50
1: 50 like that. Interesting. No, I've never heard of either. You know, I've, we've been getting lots of questions about tournament play and where's the best place you would suggest to go play a tournament? I know there's, you know, different places. Depends where you want to play. Okay.
2: Um, If you're in Las Vegas, you can just check the daily listings or the um, seasonal listings of the big tournaments, look at the one with the lowest juice, and ask people around about what the softest field is. I guess if one wanted to play only tournaments and you want to do it live, the best thing to do is to go to Las Vegas. There are more tournaments within five square miles than anywhere else in the world. Um, Many more than in California, which would be the runner-up, because California has super huge rooms, but the rooms don't have many, many tournaments a day. In Las Vegas, because there are so many rooms, although there are a lot smaller than the California rooms, the variety of tournaments is astronomical.
1: Did I tell you I think I won the least amount you could win in a tournament? I played a free roll with 150 people in it. I came in 30th place, and I won 50 cents. (laughs) <laughs> they put fi- they put 50 cents in my uh, account. Thank well, you very that much. That beats me.
2: I played <laughs> in a PokerStars free roll okay. that they gave to people that had been there when they were beta testing the site, so like the founders. And they had a $500 free roll for all of the founders, and they paid something like half the field, some huge amount, and I got $6 which was the smallest I had ever heard of. But yours beats me by quite a lot. There you go. What was, it was free, so it was a hum, it, it, it was it, an infinite profit.
1: Yeah. I, well, I, I don't remember what Percentage it was. It, it was one of those days I was – it was Wednesday. It was raining. I had nothing else to do. And I was like, hey, look, a free roll starting in two minutes. Why not? It was It was 152 people, and I came in 30th, which I was pretty proud of. I thought it did pretty well. Yeah, and I got 50 cents. How long did it take? I was – I uh, close to two hours.
2: Close so twenty five cent an hour—that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's what do you bill as a lawyer?
1: I'm, I bill considerably more than that. Oh, good. But That's good. <laughs> hey, you All know right. the IRS may be listening, so it's. Uh... And on that happy note, we're going to end. That's House of Cards. We'll
2: come back and talk to you next week.